Hello, and welcome to the Warden Fintech Podcast. I'm your host, Kian Asani, and today we're joined by Thomas Spunholtz, CEO and Chairman at Unison Home Ownership Investors. Unison is pioneering a smarter and better way to buy and own homes by helping home buyers with their down payment in exchange for a portion of their home's appreciation when they sell. So no extra debt, no interest, and no monthly payments. Thomas, thank you for joining us on the Warden FinTech Podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. It's great to have you on. So uh, we're here today to talk about Unison, um, but I thought before we get into the business, we can hear more about your background. Sure. Um, I'm from Denmark, and I came to the United States about 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago. And um, from a background perspective, very broadly, I've always been really attracted to solving very grand economic problems that somehow, out of legacy reasons, have grown into be highly inefficient for its, its beneficiaries, you know, typically consumers on one side, investors on the other side. And uh, as an economist, I, I take great interest in trying to make that more efficient for the people that it actually serves. And I've done it in, in, in several different ways during my career. Um, most recently, prior to building Unison, I worked for uh, the world's biggest investment management firm. Uh, at that time, was uh, Barclays Global Investors and managing assets for pension endowments, some of the wealth funds around the world. And we did some great innovations like uh, building the iShares business, the ETF business, iShares, as some of your listeners I'd heard about. Um, we built some of the largest index funds uh, globally in very new asset classes, plus existing asset classes, really trying to bring very, very efficient um, data investment exposure, both to consumers and institutional investors. So really trying to build um, towards what the customers need rather than what the system needs. So, so how did your experience there um, kind of translate to starting a company in the mortgage and down payment uh, financing space? What were you seeing in the market that kind of influenced you and was the impetus to driving that decision? Yeah, there's really two things going on. One was, one was personal and one was more business related. On the personal side, um, I have for a long, long time worked within the uh, mortgage and consumer finance business and, uh, and innovating there. I, I built, for example, the first collateralized mortgage obligation in Europe, uh, which is still the biggest uh, CMO factory, as that's called, in Europe. And um, this was really a, a function of, of building new technology, changing legislation, and bringing better products to both the consumer and investor. And then at Barclays Global Investors, um, part of the group I was managing was the, was the mortgage investment management group, and that had about $30 billion in that group. So I've been around the mortgages and consumer finance for many, many years. And um, what led to this particular idea was at Barclays Global Investors, we had grown to be very large in every single continent. But we're trying to figure out how to keep growing. And uh, one of the biggest voids on the investment management side in the world was really the need to get exposure to residential real estate as an asset class. Um, and the reason that was a big void was because residential real estate is the largest asset class globally and in the U.S. as well. Right. It's $165 trillion globally, and it's about $30 trillion in the United States. Yet, it's the only asset class out there that doesn't have equity financing. The only asset class of any size that doesn't have equity financing. So 
What that means is that, for example, companies can finance with debt and equity. Mm-hmm. Commercial real estate can do debt and equity. But for some reason, residential real estate does not have debt and equity. And then the, uh, the epiphany came really, well, why don't we develop equity financing for residential real estate? And that would benefit, obviously, the investors where it, the idea really came from, because they could then be the liquidity provider and buy up all this equity from individual homeowners that were seeking liquidity for the equity they own their homes. So, again, in the United States, of the $30 trillion of residential real estate, about $15 trillion is mortgaged and about $15 trillion is equity, owned by 132 million individual homeowners. And the idea was, imagine that if you make that $15 trillion of equity that's locked up in individual homes, if you make that liquid for the benefit of the individual homeowners, so that becomes part of their active net worth, right. that, could add, that could unlock the biggest component of the U.S. economy. Right. Cause, so, and just so I understand... Unison is financing down payments in exchange for a share of the home's future appreciation, correct? Yes, we're investing in the home alongside with the homeowner. No, I'm saying so you're making a bet along with the uh, home buyer. That's right. So the way it works, if, if you'd like me to go into that. Uh, That'd be great, yeah. Yeah, so it, at a high level, the Unison home buyer um, value proposition is that just because you want to buy a home doesn't mean and live in a home doesn't mean you have to own the whole home. That's kind of the old-fashioned model, right? If you want to buy a home, you have to buy the whole home yep. and, and take on a bunch of debt and then pray that everything goes perfect. And uh, we're breaking that idea completely and saying just because you want to buy a home doesn't mean you need to own the whole home. Right? You can have a partner that own a piece of the home until – you know, you might be able to afford the whole home and then you buy the partner out. Or you could just keep living in it with a partner. So so that the way that works is uh I think you're in New York City, right? That's right. And, That's um, right. New York City and, and Chicago, San Francisco, LA, Seattle, Portland, all that metropolitan area around the country. Buying your first home is just a daunting task, right? It's uh the, the price to get in is so high, but your living expenses are also high before you get there. Rent, student debt, and other living expenses. So saving up for the down payment is the real problem. Many people can afford a mortgage payment, but not so many people can come up with the down payment. And in many of these cities, just getting a starter home is a million dollars. Yeah. And if a million-dollar house means that you need an $800,000 mortgage and a $200,000 down payment. And saving $200,000 is very difficult. Um, so what we do is, and I'll give you an example. Let's say that you, you would like to live in New York City fairly close to work. So you can buy this million-dollar condo uh, in New York City. And of the $200,000 down payment that's required, Unison could make could invest up to 150000 of the 200000 And you as a home buyer would then invest 50000 into the home. Okay. So in other words, you put in three quarters of the down payment, you put in one quarter, and then we share the economics 50-50 in terms of the change in value of the house, 50-50. Yep. Right. So let me just go through that again. Two $8 million house, $800,000 mortgage, $200,000 down payment. After $200,000 down payment, you as a home buyer pay 50000 
Unison paid 150000 Yep. In other words, we pay three quarters of the down payment, you pay one quarter, and then we share 50-50 in the change in value of the house until such time you decide to sell the house or buy us out. And so we share both up or down. This is not a loan, it's pure equity. So we can right. lose all our money or we can make money. But we do it together. Right. That, that's fantastic. I mean, I was just reading uh, today that 68% of millennials have less than $1,000 saved for a down payment. So essentially living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and in these metropolitan cities, you know how high rent expenses are. People can't, It's very difficult to save for millennials, especially with the rising amount of student debt. So a product like what yeah. Unison is offering is critical to get convert millennials from renters into first-time homebuyers. That's exactly what we try to do. And we think that it solves some really economic social problems um, for home buying because you really uh, you need, even if you can afford to buy the house, let's just say that you have the 200000 and you saved up for five to ten years to, to get that much cash. Even in that case, it would make no economic sense for you to put all your cash into one investment called your house. Right. Like that is not diversification. Um, so even if you can't afford it, we're finding a lot of our first-time home buyers, they actually have the down payment, but they must prefer to buy the house they want, live in the house they want, but not own that much of the house as and not so in other words not put all the two hundred thousand dollars in but rather be diversified. Maybe they put half the down payment in. And then the other hundred thousand dollars they put into you know S P five hundred equity funds so that they're mm-hmm. one diversified rather than having all your eggs in one basket. And two, if a rainy day happens and you you know then you can have liquidity in your investment on the S P five hundred fund or you can just sell a piece of it. And that way you're securing your house and you control your house experience rather than being so over-levered and having all your investments in one illiquid asset. Uh, right. So it really is just a modern, much smarter way to buy a house, buy it in proportion to your financial situation or the lifestyle you desire, but buy the home you want and enjoy the whole house, but you don't have to own the whole house to enjoy it. Makes sense? Makes total sense. Um, so Unison is essentially investing in equity this is relatively risky uh, type of capital for residential equity. What kind of data do you guys collect, analyze, process to determine where you're going to focus um, these equity investments? Yeah, good question. You, I, before I answer the direct question, let me, uh, let me address what you, the way you opened your question, which was it's relatively risky. It, it's actually really interesting. The, We've done a lot of research, and, and soon we'll be publishing a, uh, a, a uh, volatility index of housing. So you can actually see as an individual homeowner what the risk is. And the risk of an investment in your house is just as high as the stock market. Right. Like, but that, that has never been quantified before. So when you invest in an individual home, the risk of that home is the same as if you bought this, invested in the stock market. And no financial advisor or any investment professional would suggest that you should put all your net worth into one investment that is also illiquid and have the same risk as the stock market, right? You should put some a much lower allocation in. So you're absolutely right. Buying an individual house is not necessarily a risk investment. It's only risky if you own too much of your net worth into it and you're not diversified or have liquidity and cash on the side. It's a really good investment in the right proportion. 
to the rest of your economy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to answer your question, Kian, on, on where do we do this, uh, on the other side of our business, uh, we, uh, we are investing in all the agreements we do with the homeowner, and we own this investment for life. So it's very much a partnership between us and the homeowner for life, right? We don't, we don't securitize or sell it off to investors and then never see you again. We actually partners as long as you live in the house. And yep. we have exactly the same incentives. We're fully aligned, very different than debt. Because we're aligned that if the house goes up in value, we both win. If it goes down, we both lose together, right? Yep. So we have these other both interests in mind. So we spend a lot of time and effort in sharing the best way to buy and own a home so that you get the best financial experience as well as our investors. So it's one of those few businesses in the world where you have perfect alignment between all sides of the business that we both win and lose to the same outcome. There's no loser in the system because what we do is true foundational innovation. We're adding something to the system that didn't exist before. We're breaking an inefficiency that exists in the economy. We have all this locked up capital where people own way too much of. And then on the other side, the investment management side, we have all this capital that really has a natural need to get exposure but can't get it. So both parties are, are winning by having this exchange between the homeowner and the investor. And that creates for a relationship where you have alignment against something that's very rare in business today. And, and frankly, something we're very proud of. And that's a big part of our culture within the company. Um, now, I'm taking a long time answering your question. Where we are, we are building, on the investment management side, we're building very broad-based portfolio, portfolios for the benefit of pension endowments, some of our funds that are investing in the asset class of residential real estate. And so that means we're in 30 states, which covers about 90% of the value of real estate in America. So we're pretty much almost everywhere, wow. with, with some few exceptions. And we're essentially building index funds on the other side of the business uh, with thousands and thousands of these agreements in them. So from... a Analytics and data perspective, though, are there specific areas, regions of the country, types of uh, home buyers that you are targeting to try to maximize, you know, your returns and make sure that uh, the equity you're investing um, appreciates as much as it can? No, that's not the business model. The business model is really to build on the investment side, and therefore, the, you know, trickling down to the consumer side. The, the business is really to get broad exposure to U.S. residential real estate as an asset class. Got it. Um, that's what we're building. So it, there's no cherry picking going on, saying we want to buy on Second Street but not on Fourth Street, you know, in in, yeah. in New York City, for example. That's none of that. that makes sense. Um, this is really a long-term investment in the asset class, and our average relationship with the client is 10 years. Right, and and it, but it could be up to thirty years. Um, so it's really getting broad, diversified exposure. And as we touched on earlier, the risk of an individual house is pretty large, but uh, the risk in a portfolio of a thousand homes, broadly diversified across thirty states, is actually quite low. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, that 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 makes sense. And you you just touched on the next question I was going to ask, which is. Uh, Given how long some people might own a home for, it could be 10 years, but it could be even 30 years, like you said. How do you think about um, breaking these breaking these down in your portfolio in terms of the duration of these 
uh, equity investments because you don't really have much insight into how long your equity is going to be exposed to a certain residential investment. Yeah, so this this is the kind of business, if you take a step back, and, and, and as I said in the opening, this is equity financing for residential real estate and equity investing. Mm-hmm. And from our perspective, this should have existed you know, many, many years ago. It, it, it is much like it has in, in many other major asset classes because it's to such benefit to the system and the individual players in the system. The reason it hasn't existed before is that the advent of big data, machine learning, and frankly, computing power and cloud computing is really what made this possible. Uh, because you need to you need to figure out what is the investment characteristics in terms of its underlying risk and return factors of every single individual home in America in order to aggregate that up at the portfolio level to know what you're actually owning in a portfolio. And that could not be done without a massive amount of data science and right. data harvesting organized in a way that you can value not just the house today, but also a 10-year forecast on the value of the home, including what you refer to, which is a turnover, what we call turnover, which means when, on average, do homeowners move and how long do they stay in the house, right? On that particular point, we're fortunate enough that there's a lot of data from the mortgage industry that talks about the turnover ratios of homes, and you can actually break that down both by geography and um, and uh, type of home and income and so forth. So you can get very, very precise with the right uh, data science approach to this, very precise, especially when you have thousands of different homes in one portfolio, then you also get the benefit of the low large numbers. Yeah, yeah, of course. So speaking of... So we can get a very precise, it's really... A a long-winded way of saying that data and technology uh, can make this highly accurate for the benefit yep. of the investor and the benefit of the homeowner. Yep. So sp- speaking of data from the mortgage industry, uh, does Unison work with any of the, you know, either incumbent banks or mortgage tech, um, emerging mortgage tech lenders uh, to kind of help get the word out to their client base that they can also get help with their down payment from Unison? Yeah, we certainly do. Um Parting up with mortgage lenders make a lot of sense to both the lender and the consumer and to Unison, frankly. And the reason is, if you think about a mortgage lender, um, a lot of their volume has declined dramatically since the big refi boom. And um, so right now, that's only about 20 to 30% of the normal volume is left in the market. And a mortgage is really a commodity product, right? Yep. So whether you as a customer or home buyer is going to one lender, another lender, it's still the same product and you're just competing a rate and term. And that is a real problem because that means the homeowner is only being offered debt and more debt and more debt. Where you really, What you really want is a conversation with an advisor in order to achieve your financial wellness goals that talk about what do you, how's your financial situation, where do you want to live, what are your life goals, and then you combine debt and equity in the financing that truly fits the consumer financially and for their lifestyle. And so if a lender or the lenders we work with, these are the much, this is the kind of 
consultative sales process that they have with their customers now. And that means that they're decommoditizing their mortgage business. And since a mortgage is just a this is a way they start turning away from just offering a certain interest rate and term to actually having a consumer conversation about what they're like, trying to achieve and then tailor-making a financing package that surely fit them, which is helpful to obviously the consumer, but it's also helpful to the lender because they're differentiating. And it's also helpful for, their, for the quality of the underlying loan because the customer is not extending himself but just piling on debt in order to buy the house. Right. So we work with very large lenders like Citibank, uh, J.P. Morgan, and you know a long, long, long list of of other uh, lenders. Right. Does the profile of the uh, mortgage that kind of fits above um, where you guys are in the cap table does that affect uh, how you choose to invest in the down payment and the equity portion of the residential property? Very broadly speaking. I would say no. Uh, I would say that the way we work with lenders is that we first go in and essentially underwrite their underwriting practice to make sure that we have alignment around um, how to proceed with the business. So the only loans we don't partner up with, but they also don't exist almost anymore, are negative amortization loans. And thank God that those have almost been outlawed in America yeah. because they were... You know, to a great detriment to the consumer, as we as evidenced during the financial crisis. Right. So, so that that's the only exception, but that, but that almost doesn't exist anymore. Uh, we will not partner with a lender that's trying to hike off the rate on their mortgage to the consumer, uh, because we really we are long, we're partners with the consumer, so we we take very seriously that they get a very good loan on very good terms, because we we along with the consumer is carrying the same risk. Right, so if a consumer have risk, we have risk, right? right? So we are very much in the, we're very much aligned, and and therefore we only we only offering, we only partnering with lenders that have high quality uh, loan products uh, alongside of us. And and this must be fantastic for banks and mortgage lenders because having a partner like Unison is increasing the number of you know home buyers and therefore mortgages that they can get out to market. That's right, exactly, and it especially helps the individual loan officer or a bank that's trying to differentiate and be a little bit different than the normal offering. Um, right. And the business is changing so much in the mortgage area that you've seen a lot of mortgage banks doing really poorly right now because the volume is just dried up. So you really need to have either the best terms or a differentiated offering to the, yeah. to the client. And we help people with a differentiated offering um, to tailor make, as I said, a solution that truly fits the customer. Because debt alone is not a solution, really, because people are borrowing too much money to start with. Because yeah. the home is very expensive. And and I imagine a lot of the, uh, especially first-time home buyers that come to find Unison on their own or through a direct channel, don't know much about how to kind of engage with taking out a first-time mortgage. Does Unison work with uh, these consumers to help them and educate them on how to approach, you know, mortgage lending and mortgage borrowing? Uh, all we can do from a regulatory perspective, because we're not a lender, is to steer them towards the lenders we work with that we know understand how to do debt and equity together. Right. Um, right. And we can just say, here's the list, and, and these, these lenders actually know how to make it work out for your benefit. 
Um, we're not a lender, so we cannot go in and, and really advise on lending. All we can say is that you should never borrow more than 80% of the value of your home. Yep. Because that is just becomes unconscionable around of financial risk, especially if this is the lion's share of your net worth. And as you probably know, for a new home buyer, many, most often it's like 95% of their net worth is in the house. And if you take that investment and leverage it 20 times with debt, that is not that in business school of Wharton, I'm sure you, you would not propose that a, an investor buys an asset as volatile as the, as the stock market, leverages it 20 times and make it 95% of your portfolio, and then it's also illiquid. Right, right. That's, uh, That's very suboptimal. Yeah, and speaking of your lending partners, um, you mentioned Citibank as one of them. I noticed City Ventures is also in your cap table uh, along with uh, RBC. How how did those partnerships kind of come to be um, with those banks and investors in Unison? So, yeah, we, we're fortunate to have a really formidable uh, partner or investors in our company who is really that we both have financial advisory firm and lenders and and other very long term investors as shareholders. And the way it came to be is just. Pretty much the sensibility of, of the of what we're doing, you know. There hasn't, if you look at home finance, there hasn't been any true innovation since 1123 A.D. when the mortgage was invented. Right. Since then, the customer has only had one choice: debt and more debt. It's been a one-way. In this, the, the only innovation that's been taking place, and thank God, it's taking place, is to make it easier to actually get the mortgage and more customer-friendly. Right. But it's not been innovation, like fundamental innovation, that offers another way of actually financing your house. Um, so for, for the shareholders we have, if you're a lender, it just makes so much sense that, you know, we cannot keep piling on more and more mortgage debt and then some mortgage insurance on top of the, for homeowners. Uh, that houses, where as expensive as they are, you need, you shouldn't own that much house, even if you can afford it. Yeah. But you should diversify and you should have better liquidity. Because if you think about it, your home is not just a financial asset. It's your home, right? It's also an emotional asset, and it has a practical application since you need a shelter to live in. You know? yeah, so yeah. It's not a good place to take excessive risk. It, you, I would say that you should really be very conservatively financed around your home and make sure that's very secure. And if you like to take a lot of financial risk, you should do it in your more liquid portfolio. Because if your stocks go to zero, you still have a house. Yeah. But if your stock, if your house does poorly, and you lose your job, and you owe a lever, then you lose all your money, and your home, and a bad credit record on top of it. That is really not. That's a very draconian outcome. So therefore, this debt and more debt makes no sense. And the home prices where they are, people are way over levered. They should buy. They should buy the home they want and need for their lifestyle and their family or kids. But own as much as it makes prudently sense, and then if you have excess cash, you should diversify and own more liquid investment in order to create a stable financial profile. And really, what we call financial wellness is is where we come from, and that's more that's not about financing. It's about what are you trying to do in your life, so that you have the right risk and the right liquidity, and you can actually live the life you want for you and your family. And that is much better balanced with 
debt and equity together because that balance of debt and equity changes throughout your life. You know, you're buying your first house. You know, you just pretty much try to just get in the market and, and, and enjoy home ownership. And then later on when you make more money, you might want to buy some an equity partner out. And then later on you might have more kids and need more space, and then you buy a house again in the right school district, potentially with an equity partner. But you own still just as much of this make prudent sense for you financially. And it's really yeah. that introduction of debt and equity together, or what we call home co-investment, that creates flexibility and really bring the control back to the homeowner. That makes sense. We talked a lot about the first-time homebuyer, but I know you also offer a different kind of product for existing homeowners and people even looking at retirement. Can you kind of talk about uh, the product offering and solution you have for them? Yeah, so equity really makes sense throughout the entire spectrum or life spectrum of home ownership. Uh, we, we focused so far just on the home buyer. Uh, let's go in the very other end of your life cycle as a homeowner. You a retired couple uh, who wants to stay in their home, their family home, and enjoy the benefits of having the kids or grandkids uh, be able to, to come over and stay in the house, right? So they want to keep the family house. In that case, what the way we help uh, solve the retirement crisis is that as you probably know, for baby boomers, about 84% of baby boomers have 80% of their net worth in their house. They also have less than $50,000 saved for their retirement. Those are not friendly statistics, especially yeah. when you're also living. You know, longevity is also extending, right? And house and 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 healthcare or medical costs are going up. So the only way you can really solve that problem is to try to figure out a way for people to get access to all this equity they have earned in their house. And the way we solve that problem is that we enable homeowners to sell a piece of the equity in the house, much like if you IPO a piece of stock in a company. You can sell that stock to Unison and get a cash payment today, and then the house pays us back when you decide to sell the house. And maybe you never decide to sell the house. Maybe you want to stay there until you pass on. And you can do that too, right? So this is a way for you to stay in your house, but again, get access to all this equity you have earned over the years of paying your mortgage down or, or enjoy the home price appreciation. And that really helps a lot of people either to stay in a house, it helps them maybe buy income-producing investments so they get a monthly income. It might help them pay off debt so they have less outflows. Um, and there's lots of different applications we see there. And about 25% of our clients are people that are baby boomers or retired trying to figure out how to have a responsible financial plan that enable them to live the life they want in retirement and benefit from this wealth they've accumulated in the house by dutifully paying it off for so long. Um, so that's on the other end of the life spectrum. In between home buying, you're buying your first house and buying your, or staying in your last house, uh, is a lot of other applications that we found. Um, we see a lot of home, a lot of people paying off debt. You know, you might have, accumulated uh, medical debt or, or, or credit card debt. It's a great way to just solve the problem and pay off that debt entirely uh, by selling a little piece of the equity in your house to pay off that debt. It's a great way to pay off your student debt. It's a great way to pay for your kids' education or may, perhaps as a graduation present, pay for your kids' student debt or pay it off, or maybe grandparents paying off the student debt for their kids by taking out a little bit of equity. Um, 
we see a lot of people making charitable gifts by taking equity out of the house. And they like to make a charitable gift when they're still around and get the benefit of actually seeing the the, the value that that charitable gift makes when you when you're still around. Or a lot of people are making home improvements. Um, again, you have enjoyed a lot of appreciation and earned appreciation in your house, and now you can enjoy it in life, not just in bricks in your home. You can enjoy it in your in your active life, and you can make a home improvement or right. buy a second home. That's a lot of things. It's really, as I said, the key point is you make the equity in your house part of your active wealth rather than you lock up wealth. And by unlocking it, we're creating a lot of both what we call financial wellness, but also life value. Yeah, no, it seems like that. And it seems like Unison's really solved a key problem for a lot of people across any stage of life at this point. Yet you're seeing prices, you know, maybe even getting away from you, right, at the same time. So it's like you're chasing your own tail. So it's a great way to, to kind of almost slide into home ownership with as much as you can afford, but you can get in earlier. Yeah, of course. Um, for a first-time home buyer. And New York City is a great city, right? But it's not so great if your job is in the city and you have to live 40 miles away. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. You know, to afford it. Yeah, that's the same problem as I said, we're in 30 states, right? So it's really a problem in any metropolitan urban area, really, across the country. And frankly, it's a problem globally. Uh, we're rolling into Canada together with RBC in in fourth quarter of this year and uh, with a pilot in, in Vancouver. And uh, it's the same problem in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. It's the same problem in London, uh, Paris, uh, of course, Hong Kong. So this, uh, this affordability problem and the timing problem is a is a problem across the Western world. And it's it's bad in America, but it's even worse in other countries, in some other countries, I should say. Absolutely. And really, yeah. that's what we think. Debt and equity together can help it a lot to a large extent. It's not the total solution, but it goes a long way. Yeah, I think I speak for our entire audience base where uh, in saying that a product offering like this has been uh, much needed in the uh, – home ownership and home buying space. So the supply of capital, right? It's, um, you, you obviously, to solve a big problem, you need to have a big supply of capital from investors on the other side. And from our fund investors, the reason it makes a lot of sense for pension endowments is because they're trying to hedge long-term inflation or outperform long-term inflation. And housing is 42% of inflation. So this is the natural best core asset in a portfolio that's tied to long-term inflation because it outperforms long-term inflation. It's very powerful investment on the other side as well. And um, so it's really bringing together these two needs and they meet and solve each other's problems, but they have the same alignment or they have complete alignment at the same time. Yeah, and I can definitely see why pensions or sovereigns would really love a product like this. It's a great differentiating product for them and they don't have to worry about um, – cashing out in the short term. They can have long-term investments uh, that you know, see great value and return coming back to them, even if it's 10 to 30 years down the road. Yep. Yep. You fully understand. So it's solving social economic problems really across a broad spectrum by introducing something that fundamentally was missing in the economy. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, the, business. that's the business of unison. Well, Donis, this has been extremely great. Thank you for the insight and uh, for walking us through the product offering. I think this is a unique thing uh, for everyone in our audience to hear about and something 
I don't think anyone's heard before. Um, so thank you again for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having us on, and um, and I appreciate it. We uh, we welcome an opportunity to also discuss affordability in general, if that's of interest to your audience at a more macroeconomic level. Absolutely. Thanks, Thomas. All right. Thank you. Take care.